Holy shit, it's another train wreck. Um, I don't know where I am. <laughs> I need an adult. We need an adult and we don't know what <laughs> yeah, we're doing. Oh my god. But god damn it, we're back again. It took us less than four months this time. Whoa. We are back. It's uh, like a week. I know. It was like, what is going two on? Two weeks, maybe? I know. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like we're sticking with what we said we were going to do. <laughs> uh, what is up, everybody? It is the No Holds Barred podcast, episode number three. <laughs> I am Justin, of course, alongside my, my spunky little sidekick, Nicholas. Nick, yes. And we have got some shit that we are going to talk about today. Of course, last night, uh, WWE's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view went down. Um, I was working. Nick was working. <laughs> I got a chance to watch it. I streamed it for free. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, I got to watch every little bit of it. I was tweeting about it all night. If you want to read my tweets, twitter.com slash blockbuster underscore guy. I got like 40-some tweets on there from the night. Uh, exactly what I thought, match by match, but we'll talk about that here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Halloween coming up, Halloween. so we're going to talk about that. Candy. Candy. Uh, we <laughs> want to talk about a little bit of a... Uh, actually, have a serious topic we want to talk about for at least a few minutes. Uh, there's a lot of talk in uh, the government, Canadian government, about like Bill C-30, and if you don't know what that is, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to, of course, have our own, uh, our lovely little witty back and forth banter. Uh, before we get started, just a couple of sort of uh, logistical things. Um, if you've been paying attention to the news and the weather, uh, obviously you know about, uh, is it Sandy? Sandy, Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy Vagina that's coming up the eastern <laughs> seaboard here. And um, just, I think it was last night or the night before, I think 375,000 people they had, they're evacuating out of New York preemptively before this thing hits. That's insane. Uh, And it's, you know, it's some, it's some scary shit. Uh, I've got friends on the Eastern Seaboard, as I'm sure many people do that are listening to this. So uh, just as a note to everybody that is sort of in this hurricane's way, please do absolutely everything that you can to not be in this hurricane's way. Yeah. When it comes through, uh, we don't want to hear about any more people being killed. I know, I think there's a couple of reported deaths that they blamed on the hurricane and like Haiti and shit. Mm. As if Haiti needed any more problems. Like, Jesus. Uh, But, uh, you know, again, just for all of our friends on the eastern seaboard in the States, uh, please be safe. Yes. And uh, because we need you. If we don't have you, we don't have views. No, that's (laughs) true. That's that's, that's horrible. But uh, no, just everybody stay safe, of course. and again, before we got started, I just wanted to give a couple of quick shout outs to uh, some other podcasts that, of course, do things much better than we do. <laughs> um, I don't know any of these, so I'll let you, uh, <laughs> you talk about them. These are, these are just my podcasts. Um, just some of my favorite ones. I listen to the Joe Rogan Experience all the time. Joe has like a three-hour podcast where it talks about MMA, talks about marijuana, talks about all kinds of shit. Uh, the, the Joe Rogan Experience, one of the best podcasts on the internet, uh, as well as the Jay and Dan podcast on TSN. If you have not listened to these guys, tsn.ca slash podcasts, Jay and Dan are fucking hilarious. Like, these guys are awesome. This podcast is great. It's been getting negative reviews from people. It's like, well, if you don't like Jay and Dan, you won't like this podcast. Well, why the fuck are you listening to a podcast with Jay and Dan if you don't like Jay and Dan? Like, that's like people that hate us listening to our podcast. Why the fuck would they do that? And there's lots of people that hate us. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know people hate me, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, just a couple more there. Uh, the Uncut Sports Show. Um, Kevin and George 
is a very a great like sports based and and uh, culture based podcast. They're great. Um, the Eight Bit Massacre: Von Whiskey, Tim Conway, TJ. Um, I heard was whiskey. Oh, you heard was whiskey, and <laughs> Nick heard whiskey, and he got excited. Um, but uh, these uh, these guys are friends of mine. I've done work for the website, the Eight Bit Massacre, uh, the Eight Bit Massacre WordPress com. I believe it is. I'll throw all these links in the description for you. Um, but uh, they just restarted their podcast, which used to be those Analog Kids, and their first one is fantastic. I'm just I'm about three quarters of the way through listening to it, and it's great. As well as Sunday Night Rackdown, uh, Jacob Fancy and some of his friends. Who uh, it, Jacob's a friend of mine and a student of mine, and uh, they just did their first episode of their podcast where they talked about a bunch of stuff. Some of it WWE related, some of it not. In any case, it was a very good first effort, so you guys need to check them out as well. One more time, I'll toss all the links in the description. Now, we're done with the dick sucking. Let's talk yeah. about Hell in a Cell. Onward to business. <laughs> Onward to business. And victory. Exactly. Well, <laughs> somewhat victory. Let's not get ahead of ourselves on the whole victory thing. <laughs> So, WWE Hell in a Cell went down last night. Hell in a Cell 2012. We had eight matches on the card. Eight. Uh, and the pre-show, which for the first time didn't actually have a match. No. The pre-show was fucking silly. Um, the, the pre-show was a, a downgrade from previous pre-shows where at least you might have like a minor title match or something like that. The entire pre-show was John Cena coming out to the ring... Uh, and giving a promo on this whole AJ situation, this whole thing like, mm. oh no, AJ and John Cena have been, as Jim Cornette would say, he's a fornicator, you know, and, <laughs> uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was fucking dumb. Like it was just, it was just stupid. It was, it was almost as bad as the TNA angle with AJ Styles and Dixie Carter and the crack whore. I don't know if you've been. Pay, uh, you know, I don't think you pay attention to TNA, do you? Not really. No. No. I, I try not to, but every now and then I'm like, well, what the fuck? I'll give him a chance. <laughs> and and they always find a way to um, to disappoint me. <laughs> they really do. Oh, um, well, what can you do? Most recently, with putting their main title back on Jeff Hardy. Really? Yes. Fuck sakes. <laughs> how long? How long before he falls off the wagon again? Yeah. Not. Uh... <sighs> But anyways, this again. This was what can you do? Again, yeah. This, but this, this was just fucking dumb. Um, and like, it's I don't know. You just you think about it. It's like if if AJ got and I'm I'm sort of stealing this from a guy I follow on Twitter. But whatever, he doesn't listen to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if if AJ gets fired for um, fooling around with a superstar, mm. shouldn't Kelly Kelly have been like banned for life because? Kelly Kelly legit, like, fucked half the locker room while she was there. So. I mean, and even, like, Vicky Guerrero. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, like, Vicky no. Guerrero is, is, is a perfect example. Um, done, like, more than friggin' AJ is Zig- accused for. Let, let's take a look at this. Ziggler, <laughs> Swagger. This is all in storyline, of course. Yeah. But Ziggler, Swagger, um... I've probably seen that at some point. Like, I, I you know, I just... Uh, I mean, the fir- first pay-per-view that she's fucking on, she lets the the friggin' referee screw over the main fucking oh, match. Yeah. Oh, fuck, we'll talk about that, too. Because we were wondering on this podcast where the whole CM Punk and Ryback thing was going to go. Yeah. 
It was interesting. Well, we'll put it that way. Um, but we'll start it off. Uh, Randy Orton defeated Alberto Del Rio in a singles match, about almost a 13-minute match. It wasn't bad. It was a good opening match. Mm. Uh, it's not something like, if that would have been the main event of a SmackDown, it would have been a really good main event. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, we're talking about the opening match in a pay-per-view. Like, yeah. trying to set the pace for the rest of the show. So, I mean, it was good. It was it was average. Um it uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad by any means. Uh, oh no, I mean Randy Orton and uh, Alberto Dorio are two good wrestlers. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, so this was a match like I really was not invested in the ma- in this match whatsoever. This was like this was the match on the card that I was looking forward to the least until I heard about the triple threat match for the Divas title. Uh, <laughs> but, like, Lies. No, but, but like in, in terms of the men's matches this was the one that i just wasn't wasn't really looking forward to mm-hmm. we'll put it that way um but you know it ended up being a good match so all good there uh team Rhodes. this was the uh the tag team title match yes. team Rhodes scholars cody Rhodes and damian sandow defeating team hell no kane and daniel bryan by disqualification disqualification in a title match Cornette face on the ending. Um, so really, didn't you see that coming though? Sadly, no. I wanted I wanted one of the teams to win clean. Yeah. I, I more wanted Team Road Scholars to win clean because I think I, I really legit think it's time for Kane and Daniel Bryan to feud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really think it's time for them to feud against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than continue with the tag team, it's not that I don't like the tag team. Yeah, oh, I just think the that the tag it's like, team was awesome. Exactly, but it's just like it's two former world champions mm-hmm. that they've smooshed together in a tag team, and that's just not—it's not something that I like. Yeah. Granted, they've done some pretty good things with it. Oh yes, but it, I just thought it was sort of time for that to be over. But with what they do, they put Team Road Scholar over. Scholars, sorry, mm. over by winning the match on pay per view, but by disqualification, so Team Hell No keeps the belts. I don't like disqualifications in title matches to begin with. Yeah, unfortunately, this becomes almost a theme uh, <laughs> later on in the evening, which we'll talk about. It wasn't a disqualification, but we'll talk about it. But I mean, oh, some telephone. Some, some telephone aggro from upstairs, but we won't worry about that. Uh, so they win by disqualification. It was we a 13 minute match. In. Yeah, we have our first caller. <laughs> this is not a call in show. Um, so, I mean, they win by disqualification. But up until that point, this was a fantastic match. Mm. I think I rated this match like four and a half out of five. Like, it was a really great match up until this point. They just screwed the pooch on the ending. Yeah. The right team won, in my opinion, anyways, but for the wrong reasons. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, but it was definitely a pickup from Orton versus Del Rio. So, you know, the pay-per-view's trending along at a pretty good clip at this yeah. point. You know, you have a decent opener and an excellent second match. Yeah, so putting together awesomely. Exactly. You're going in the right They're direction. Starting it up. Um, third match on the card, Kofi Kingston defeats The Miz. Uh, as you know, or you should know anyways... Kofi Kingston defeated The Miz on WWE's Wednesday night show, whatever it happens to yeah, be. Yeah, I forget what it's I can't called. remember what the title, what the title of the Honestly, show is. Honestly, I've never watched it. No. So, no, I haven't either. Um, so, Kofi Kingston won the title from him after that horrendous, that trouble in paradise on on Raw. Ugh. That was like a legit kick to the face. Yep. Like, I mean, that would have knocked out Crow Cop. Like, that was... Mm. That was 
fucking huge, and Miz, from the look on his face, unless he's like an an Oscar caliber actor, looked like he was out. Like looked like he got rocked pretty heavy. Mm. Um, but anyway, so Kofi Kingston defeats the Miz, retains the Intercontinental title, beats him clean. Um, it was a good, that was it was another good match. Like I think I think I remember sent, putting out a tweet at some point. It's like. Somebody should go back in the locker room and remind these guys that it's WWE and the matches aren't supposed to be this good. <laughs> really, like I think I gave this one like a four out of five or something like that. Like it was, it was a really solid sort of back and forth match. Uh, Miz to me is so underrated. Like he's mm. such he's so fucking underrated mm. considering where he came from. Like he came from reality television. You know what I mean? Like he wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah, but he wasn't a wrestler. He was a guy that was on a reality TV show, <laughs> and then. And all the all the work that he's done in the past, especially like six years, to get to where he is now from where he started when he was green as a gourd when he started. But, I mean, he really got good training and really takes mm. it seriously. And he's uh, people don't seem to like him all that much, but they're like, oh, uh, the Miz, he shouldn't have been in the main event of WrestleMania, which mm. I, I probably won't argue that. But Well, yeah. I, like I mean, him. people aren't giving him much credit. I mean, I, I guess if... They would, if he would change his story angle a little bit, hmm. then just I'm the Miz and I'm awesome. That's that's getting old. People are like, you know what? Who the fuck cares? Yeah, it's it is it is a little played uh, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, he could he could probably stand with a little bit of tweaking hmm. tweaking in his character. But uh, like I say, I, I have absolutely no complaints about the work he does in the ring. Uh, it, to me, it's it's he's not he, Daniel Bryan. He isn't. Mm. But he's still he's still good. Yeah. Uh, next match, fourth match on the card was a match I actually didn't think was on this pay per view. I didn't think the U.S. title was going to be defended on the pay per view. Apparently, it is. Uh, Antonio Cesaro defeating Justin Gabriel. Oh, by the way, Kofi Kingston and the Miz was about a ten and a half minute match. Um, Antonio Cesaro defeating Justin Gabriel to defend the United States title was about a seven and a half minute match. Um, I really like Justin Gabriel, um, aside from that fucking twinky half emo haircut. Um, like my buddy Dave Pellerin said while we were watching the pay-per-view, was like, he looks like a twink. He looks like a gay kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dave said it, not me. Forward all complaints to him. Um, which, the haircut looks kind of dumb. Yeah. But, I, 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 I like that he's like... Justin Gabriel fills that slot that, like, Evan Bourne left when he got nailed for wellness twice in a month. Mm. Or whatever, whatever it was. Um, he's that sort of, that Kofi Kingston style, that high-flying style. And you need that in professional wrestling. Yeah, you it's need, true. You need some guys that aren't just, like, mat-based wrestlers. And, and Justin Gabriel, I think, is excellent. I really like the finisher. I love the 450. Yeah. He does it really well. Uh, didn't look so good on uh, on Raw or SmackDown or wherever it was that when he earned the title shot. It didn't look that great then. But, I mean, Gabriel, his percentage on hitting the 450 is quite high. Um, and Antonio Cesaro beats him. Again, short match, only seven and a half minutes. But not the shortest. But not the shortest, <laughs> which doesn't surprise me at all when you find out which one was the shortest. Um, Antonio Cesaro is U.S. champion. Um I like I, I like him. I like him because he's um, 
Uh, he's Cla- uh, Claudio Castagnoli from the indie scene, who's, who's you know a, a fairly big star on the indie scene for a lot of years. And you know now he's in WWE with this speaks five languages, mm. uh, Swiss, Swiss. I think he is. I can't remember. Oh, um, yeah. Swiss gimmick. My problem with it is he's not really generating. He's not generating the right kind of heat. Yeah, like people don't really seem to care. Whereas, like he, he's trying to play up the whole foreigner thing, like no American can beat me, mm. uh, which is a cool concept if you do it right. Mm. Like Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik in the seventies and the eighties did that right. Yeah, because they were like, ah, oh, all hail Iran, and then you know these guys wore bulletproof vests to the ring. They were getting so much heat. Um, but Cesaro, they're not going far enough with it. Just saying no American could be, well, I mean, like Tyson Kidd could come out tomorrow because he's Canadian and he'd just be like, no American can beat me. And it's like, yeah, who the fuck cares? Right? Like, but so, it's raw now. They can't do shit that they done back then. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, or if you, fingers. yeah. Or if you do, you have to pretend to like, it's oh, it's revolutionary. And no one's ever done this before. <laughs> Anyway, seven and a half minute match. Antonio Cesaro defends the U.S. title. Okay. Um, next match on the card: another tag team match. Two fucking tag team matches on a WWE pay per view. Are you Insane. sure we're watching WWE? <laughs> uh, Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara defeat the primetime players, who I vehemently dislike. Twelve and a half minute match was a very good match. Um, of course, highlighted by Sin Cara injuring himself on a botch. Really? Well, it happens at least once in every match. I know. So, I, I mean, mean, with Sin Cara, I mean, he's just accident prone he's to begin just with. Fucking, I don't get it. Like, I mean, he was so... <laughs> if you watch him as, as Mystico in Mexico, he's like one of the greatest Mexican stars of all time. Mm. And he comes up to WWE and he can't not botch in a match. Like, there's at least one botch in every fucking match, and I don't get it. It's frustrating. Mm. But in any case, it was a very good match. Uh, It was the best I've ever seen Darren Young. And Darren Young is the part of the primetime players that I really don't like. Uh, Darren Young's the one with the fro. Yeah. Titus O'Neil has the makings of being a superstar. And I don't just say that because he's the sort of jacked up roid monkey looking guy that that Vince loves. He's talented. Mm. He's good on the mic. Gosh, like he can talk. Sure. Uh, and he has that whole when he throws his arms up and he does the dog barking and stuff. It's really good. He's he's more polished than you think he would be for the amount of experience that he has. Yeah. And he can be this he can come in as this kind of Batista-like, not as athletic as Batista, but Batista-like, doesn't really say anything and smashes guys over. If they if they put him with a good manager, Mm. fuck. If they put him even if they put him with someone like Heyman, like if Heyman could be his mouthpiece, or like they give him somebody that can be the mouthpiece, yeah, yeah, he could be fantastic. So I mean, I see really good things for Titus O'Neil, Darren Young. Not so much. Darren Young just doesn't, for whatever reason, he doesn't get over with me. So I don't like the primetime players. I don't like the fact that they always come out this really gay looking. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing I against. So. I got nothing against homosexuals, but like, 
their gimmick is really fucking gay. Like it's just <laughs> it's just bad. It's just a bad fucking gimmick. They they put their arms together and like millions of dollars, millions of dollars. I'm sorry, yeah. I just it doesn't what work for that? me. It just does not fucking work for me. So I don't like the primetime players. I cannot wait until they break up. Uh, but Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara beat them on pay-per-view clean. 12 and a half minute match. Wasn't as good as the first tag match, but had a better finish. Yeah. So, you know, take it or leave it. I still like the first tag match a little better, but yeah. this was a good one as well. For sure. We go to the sixth match. And this is where the booking kind of gets weird for me. Um, this is actually the point that the pay-per-view starts going downhill. At this point, we're trending really good, like maybe seven, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. And from here, unfortunately, this is where the pay-per-view starts going down. For one, this match, which was the match for the World Heavyweight Championship, uh, Sheamus defending the title against Big Show, was the longest match on the card. Surprising. It is. It's surprising given the fact that I don't expect Big Show has been in a lot of 20-plus minute matches in his career. I would have to go back and research that, but I wouldn't think. No. He's more of a go in, take a few punches. Yeah. Friggin' choke slam ya, or. We're looking at. Punch ya out. We're looking at like the seven to. or the five to ten minute mark for his matches, right? Yeah. Um, This was about as good a match as you could have with these two guys. Because Big Show, for all the talent that Big Show has, is. Still relatively limited in the ring because of his size. Mm-hmm. Same as Andre. It's not a knock against the guy. It's just, that's the way it is. Yeah. Big Show makes the most out of his, out of his physical capabilities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and Seamus, Seamus is an okay worker as well. He's not bad. I find they, they have him Hulk Hogan a little too much. They kind of do. Like I mean, I I, kind of, I liked him from day one. Mm-hmm. The whole like, uh, this this is kind of funny. The first time he came out with his arms out and kind of yell, yeah, they kind of zoomed up on his face. And he, yeah, looked like he scared himself when he did. <laughs> I just kind of like what? <laughs> it's like ah, that's good booking. Well, no, that's that, that's I good like character execution. <laughs> and yeah, I like I like Seamus perfectly fine. He's he's SmackDown's answer to John Cena. He's yeah. he's the guy that runs with the belt. He's the main baby face on that show. And yeah, I don't dislike Seamus. I'm not a huge fan of his in ring work, but I don't dislike the guy. Mm. Uh, the majority of the match was Big Show being very dominant, uh, to the point that, like, he was hitting, uh, Seamus with some of those big chops to the chest. Yeah. And the welts that were on, not, like, red marks, welts, like, deep red, almost purple marks that almost looked like he was being whipped with something. Were, like, all over his chest. Uh, And it was, so it was, it was, but it was cool. It got over. Like, it was, it mm. looked like, really looked like Seamus was getting his ass kicked. Which he was for the majority of the match. Uh, Seamus mounted a little bit of offense, but then Big Show would come back. And a lot of the match was just Big Show being very dominant. And then they got towards the end. And towards the end of this match is where it really started bugging me. Because Big Show... Hits Sheamus with the WMD mm-hmm. with his big punch, and they've been teasing 
for weeks, shoving it down our throats, that the WMD is more powerful than the Broke Kick. Yeah. So he hits Seamus with the WMD, and Seamus kicks out. I'm sorry, it bugged me. Seamus kicks out of the WMD, mounts his Hulk Hogan comeback, Mm. hits Big Show with the Brogue. And then I'm like, oh my god, they've just, they've completely, just, they've totally destroyed Big Show's finishing move. Because yeah. I'm like, I thought it was going to end there. Yeah. They redeem themselves a little bit because Big Show kicks out of the Brogue. So, okay, they've redeemed themselves a little bit. But then, at the same time, they've now basically just told you, well, okay, I guess the finishing moves are even. But they've been shoving it down our throats yeah, for weeks that so the WMD's the, more powerful. Yeah. So. It, it makes no sense. It, it but kind of bugged it, me. Yeah. Um, at least the finish of the match was good because after Big Show kicked out of the Brogue kick, Sheamus was getting up and he was looking like looked like Randy Orton, like looked like he was kind of going going right nuts. Mm. So he goes to the corner, starts pounding his chest again, like he's going to give him another Brogue. And as he's running in to do the Brogue, another WMD, oh, like nice. like as he's in midair about to do the Brogue, and bang, another WMD, and that's what ends the match. Big Show beats Sheamus to become the new World Heavyweight Champion. 20 minutes and 15 seconds, longest match on the card. So the finish of the match was good and brought it up a little bit. I just don't like the way they devalued Mm -hmm. both guys' finishers, really, but especially Big Show's. Yeah. I think that that first WMD should have been a second chokeslam. Because he chokeslammed Sheamus earlier. And Sheamus kicked out of that. So if he would have done a second choke slam and Sheamus would have kicked out of it again, mm-hmm. what they're saying now is like the order of finishers goes like this. Big Show's old finisher, the choke slam, yeah. is weaker than the brogue kick. The brogue kick is more powerful because Sheamus kicked out of two choke slams. True. But, but couldn't kick out of the WMD. WMD. Yeah. Cementing and establishing that the WMD was the more powerful finishing move. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this felt to me like it should have been, like, the ultimate blow-off in this match, in this feud. That, like, this should have been the blow-off. Big Show wins the title. Maybe they have one more match. Like, Sheamus is like, I got a guaranteed rematch. And they have it. And Big Show wins again. And that's the end of the feud. They both mm-hmm. go off and do separate things. Well, possibly. But this might be, like, a Cena, CM Punk type Right. Thing. It, or, yeah, if they could just end up keep going back to it. But, like, the way they've set it up with this is there's no finality to this feud like mm. it's going to keep going but i don't know if the feud has enough heat to keep going but anyways i kind of have my qualms with the end the match itself was quite good about as good like i said as big show and sheamus could have it be yeah. so it was about you know three three and a half out of five it was a good match it was a good title match then we hit my six minute and 28 second bathroom break <laughs> uh, <laughs> as eve defends the divas championship in a triple threat match Against uh, the two women that she has been at least alleged of screwing over, Layla and Caitlin. Goody, 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 goody. Yeah, exactly. Normally, if you would have told me Eve, Layla, and Caitlin were going to go at it for six and a half minutes, I'd be okay with that. But in a match, in a wrestling <laughs> match, uh, you know, the match, the match wasn't very good. There was some really stupid shit in this match. Well. What do you expect? And this is the problem because I know like the guys in the back that book for the women, guys like Fit Finley, who I think is one of the primary bookers for the women, are like they're always urging WWE, look, you need to give the divas more time. 
You need to give them longer matches. You need to let them do things. Mm. But when you give them a longer time slot than the three or four minutes that they average on like a Raw match or a SmackDown match, here they gave them six and a half for a triple threat match. It's still a short amount of time for a triple threat. But in that six and a half minutes, they did a bunch of stupid shit. So how how can you trust them? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Eve is probably, if you look at, the roster of female wrestlers and you try to grade them on their wrestling ability. Mm-hmm. There's probably only two on the roster who are very good wrestlers. I believe you. And that's Natalia and the one that's got the belt right now, Eve. They're probably the only two like legit wrestlers. Cause like Eve studies like Gracie jujitsu and shit. So I mean like, like Eve's Eve's talented. Mm. She can be a good wrestler. I mean, they just, they need more wrestlers. They do. Which is good, because they just recently signed, I think, Sarah Del Rey, who is one of the best female wrestlers on the planet. I keep going back to the term wrestlers, because if they want more time, Mm -hmm. they need to put on better matches. (laughs) But anyways, like I said, this is my six and a half minute bathroom break. Mm -hmm. Um, It was not a very good match. Eve retains the title, of course. Um, yeah, that's about all the time I think we'll spend on that. That sends us to our main event of the evening. The one that, on our last podcast, we talked a lot about Ryback. A lot. And a lot about what do we think should happen with Ryback and what might happen with this match. Mm -hmm. CM Punk, of course, with Paul Heyman, defending the WWE Championship against Ryback! Brock! Brock! (laughs) Ryback! Sandman. Um, <laughs> this is one. This was one. I believe has the distinction of being one of the shortest Hell in a Cell matches in WWE history. Match was only eleven and a half minutes. It was right up there with Undertaker versus Big Boss Man at WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania twelve, something like that. Sounds good. Yeah, something yeah, exactly. All good. Um. <laughs> So, the long and short of this is Ryback throws CM Punk around for about eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just, it didn't have the same kind of oomph as, like, Goldberg and Hulk Hogan. Because, obviously, it's just, they ain't Goldberg and Hulk Hogan. No, but no. So, I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't have the sort of same feel. It didn't really feel like... As the match was going, it legit felt like Ryback was going to win this match. And it felt like if Ryback won the match, it would make sense in context of the match itself. Yeah, for sure. Um, Paul Heyman is, of course, on the outside having a brain hemorrhage as Punk's getting thrown <laughs> around. Uh, Ryback picks Punk up like he's going to hit him with the shell shock. And it's like, all right. This is it. Like, I mean, this is, it's done. And Punk had been mounting a little bit of offense. He'd been doing the, the, the Randy Savage, the, not the elbow drop, but the, um, the double axe handles from yeah. the top rope. Yeah. Which he really likes Randy Savage's moveset. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the second Randy Savage move that he's taken or adapted. Right. Um, but Ryback's got him up looking for shell shock. The referee. Gets in front of Ryback and is like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And Ryback's just like, get him away, you fucking flea. Like, what the mm-hmm. heck? And then the the referee drops down and in pure China style, 
low blow on Ryback, but he uses like his whole arm. So it's like his the uh, is like from his elbow down is like protruding out of Ryback's ass. Like <laughs> it looked it looked like he punched him through the stomach. So he does the low blow. Punk rolls him up. Fast count. Match is over. So they've decided to do the ref screw job in order for Punk to keep the title. But Ryback to still look dominant. Mm. Right? This uh, is the way they've done it. And I I don't know. It, it kind of bugs me that it was done that way. It does. Uh, I know they were trying... They are trying, were trying to find a way to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted... I don't think anybody legit wanted to take the belt off Punk. Well, no. Because I think they're making too much money with Punk as the champ. Oh, for sure. Right. Um, but at the same time, now they're making a ton of money on Ryback. On him being this undefeated monster and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but how do now we... now he's not. But now he's not undefeated because by hook or by crook, that's a pinfall loss. It's not a clean one, but it's a pinfall loss. Mm. Nick fucking around with his keys. Um... So, you know, it's... Yeah, it, it kind of bugged me. I think if you were gonna do... If you were going to do the ref screw job, I think the way you do it, well, well, first of all, actually, before we talk about the way you do it, let's talk about the way it happened. Okay. We did the ref screw job and Punk is like, Punk rolls out of the ring and he's at the door of the cage and he's like, he's begging the refs with the keys that are on the outside to open the door so he can get out. Oh, yeah. They finally get the fucking door open because they had to wait. I think they had to wait for Ryback because Ryback's supposed to catch him. Mm. So they had to wait for Ryback to get up. <laughs> so they're like fumbling <laughs> with the keys. And Punk's just like, please open the door. <laughs> please let me get out of here. Uh, and Heyman is, of course, screaming at them, open the door, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we love that impression of Paul Heyman. And um, Ryback finally gets up. And they finally get the door open, and Punk's crawling out of the cage. Ryback catches him and does some shit, I think. Paul Heyman runs away like a scared little girl. Mm. Ryback comes back in the ring and gets the referee. And ragdolls the referee around for three or four minutes. Then he goes back to the outside to go after Punk. Punk starts climbing the cage. So he's climbing the cage up to the top of the cell. Mm. And Ryback's just standing there looking at him. And I'm thinking, that heavy fuck is not going to climb this cage, is he? <laughs> like, I mean, Ryback's not fat by any means, but Ryback's a thick-built dude. Like, yeah. he's got he's to be 270, easily. Close. And he's just like, uh, uh, Punk's climbing. He almost gets to the top, and fucking Ryback starts climbing the cage. I'm like, oh my god, somebody's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, but either Ryback's going to fall off the top of the cell, or, or somebody's going through the Or top. someone's going through it, exactly. So Ryback fucking catches Punk and shell shocks him on the top of the cell. And it scared the living hell out of me, because when he picks Punk up, they have to sink a good foot into the cell like the chain link the chain link that's on the top Mm. they sink a good foot if not more and it's just like when he lands that's gonna give somebody (laughs) is going to die if not both of them 
So he does it, and it doesn't break, obviously, but it's like the pay-per-view ends with Ryback on top of the cell with the straps down on his Rob Van Dam attire, <laughs> and and his theme song is going, and he's fucking jazzing to it like he usually does. I just think, I don't know, for whatever reason, I thought it, I, I thought it could be done better. Yeah. It wasn't done horribly, but I thought it could be done better. I think the way you do the ref screw job thing is um, you do the screw job, you get the one, two, three. They open the cage. Ryback chases Punk and Heyman out of the arena. Like, Punk and Heyman are running. They're running, 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 running. And they get to a, they get to their car or whatever. One of two things can happen. Either they can both get away mm-hmm. or just Punk gets away. And Heyman's still there. Because I'm sure mm-hmm. that if they really th- if he really thought it was good for the storyline, Heyman would take a bump for Ryback. Either Ryback hits him or Ryback pulls him back to the ring and even shell shocks him. Mm. I think Heyman would do that if it was right for the storyline and right for right for business, technically. I think Heyman would do that. Um But that's of course not the way that they did it, and but in any case, I really think that whole chasing Punk and Heyman to the back is the way it should have been done. And then Ryback could come back out and ragged all the ref for four or five minutes. Yeah. It, it's good because it, it lets the audience think that the pay-per-view is over. Because, like, oh, the ref's just there and he's fucking dead and hating the world. And, and then Ryback's music hits again. And he comes back out and he's stalking this fucking referee. The ref's just kind of getting up and trying to get his bearings. And all of a sudden there's fucking Ryback. And Ryback eats him or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think it would have, I think it would have been, could have been done better. But in any case, that's the way they decide to end the pay-per-view. Raw will be interesting tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, and I... I the one good thing about this is I don't think the loss devalues Ryback all that much. No. At not as bad as like the first loss really devalued Brodus Clay. Or really devalued Tensai. Or, you know, they had like three undefeated streaks running at the same time. Mm. And now, well, now all three of them are over. But, I mean, Brodus Clay is now doing jobs to guys 200 pounds lighter than him. And Tensai is doing jobs to everybody. So, like, Tensai's just riding out his contract until he gets to go back to Japan. Like, that's yeah. that's some real shit. Like, he's just, he's definitely just riding out his contract at this point. Anyways, that was Hell in a Cell. Um, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell. In a 40-minute nutshell. And, um, you know, I, I gave the pay-per-view, I think I ended up settling on around a six. Because I thought there was some really good stuff in there, in that pay-per-view. But at the same time, there was some pretty wonky shit too. So it was it was slightly above average, but I thought it could have been done better. Well, as soon as I can watch some video of it instead of just reading about it, I'll I'll get back to you and let you. <laughs> fair, yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, we we just thought we should talk about it a little bit, I guess. Um, but yeah, so that was that was Hell in a Cell and. Um, Whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. So we've got our shout-outs, and we talked a little bit about Hell in a Cell. 
Uh, we thought we would sort of just take a quick opportunity now to talk a little bit about Borderlands 2. Our as, gameplay. Exactly. As everybody knows that's been following my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bridgewater's Finest. Um, and a couple of them have, that have been watching my podcast. Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. Vlogs. <laughs> God damn it. Why do I keep on calling them podcasts? I, I don't know, sir. I wish I wish you were doing it just for the sake of the podcast, but I don't think you are. I think yeah. you're I think you're legit just like podcast, blog, vlogcast. Vlogcast. <laughs> I, I should just call them vlogcasts. Vlogcasts, there you go. I'm just gonna stand up because my butt's a little sore, so I'll talk a little bit louder. Um so yeah. <laughs> Borderlands 2, um, we got it on release date, yeah, and uh, we've, we're now 16 episodes in. 16. The 17th episode, I believe, should be up. I'll probably put that up tonight or tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know what? It's been, it's been superbly fun. Uh, it we, has been. We played a couple of sessions to sort of our co-op on the first Borderlands, just to kind of get the feel for it. I know you ended up buying it. Yeah. Um, I, I have the game of the year edition, so I have all the DLC and everything like that. Uh, and you know what? To me, for my money, and I haven't played a ton of video games from this year, Borderlands 2 is, is hands down, hands down the best game I've played this yes. year. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I know some other people probably won't agree with that. Maybe you don't like first person shooters or you don't like, First-person shooters with RPG elements or whatever. You could have your qualms with the gameplay and everything like that. Uh, honestly, the game to me is phenomenal. Uh, it's it's everything that the first game was, but better. But, yeah. You know what I, I mean? Like, agreed. I think the actual first-person shooter mechanics are better. Uh, the, I, I think the characters are better. Uh, I like the fact that they've integrated the characters from the first game directly into the main storyline of yeah. the second game. Uh, I prefer some of the new enemies. I think the new enemies are good. Uh, the I do have a couple of qualms. Like when you get, I know when you get to like your max level, when you're kind of like level fifty and everything, there's some things in there that like the game gets a little broken as you get like up uh, to higher levels and higher levels. But I mean. We'll beat the game before we ever hit level 50. For you know sure. what I mean? So, like, I mean, we're only, I think, level 11, 11 12 now. Yeah. And we're already at, well, we're past the Firehawk stage through what we've played. Not what we've actually posted, but... Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll beat the game long before we hit 50. We'll hit 50 on a second playthrough if we ever did that. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Game is fantastic. Um, okay. Yeah, America, exactly. No, so, I mean, there's, there's really nothing about the game that I haven't liked. Uh, the, the dialogue is hilarious. We've gotten so many laughs mm -hmm. from playing this game. It's, it's, it's almost unbelievable. But it's just, the game is really, really funny, and it's, it's a very enjoyable thing to do. We like staring at Lilith's boobies. Uh, <laughs> as you can see in the next episode that we upload, we have a few minutes of staring at Lilith's tatas. Um... <laughs> You know, to me, it's just like I say, it's it's more but better. And mm. uh, what I was, what I mentioned to you before we started recording the podcast, one of the great things that I love about Borderlands so much is the production company that's behind it, Gearbox Software. For the little bit that we kind of bitched about them at the beginning of the Let's Play, mm -hmm. um, Gearbox with stuff like their DLC are awesome. 
They've already got their first DLC out. They released their first DLC like a week early. And no video game company ever releases DLC early. If anything, they release it late. (laughs) So there's Gearbox releasing their DLC a week early. We already have the fifth character class of the Necromancer. That was released a day early. Wonderful. Um, and, And I know they have another DLC that I think they want to release before the end of the year. So, I mean, Gearbox puts this game out, but they don't just sort of put the game out and then sit on their hands and be like, oh, look at this great thing we've put out. They keep working on DLC, fucking constantly working on downloadable content. And the thing that they did this weekend was they were giving away what's called, what were called shift codes. They have this program that's called shift. I, uh... Did, did you post that on your Facebook? I did, yes. Is that yes. what that was? Yeah, I shared, okay. I shared a couple of them. And what you do is you went on to the Borderlands game and there was a section in extras for shift codes. Mm-hmm. And each shift code that you entered got you a free golden key for that box since that, that crate and sanctuary yeah. where the stuff levels with you. And they gave every, it was every couple of hours over the weekend, they gave you a unique one on Facebook and a unique one on Twitter. Oh, nice. So I, I was on their Facebook page and I was on their Twitter page getting free golden, free golden, free golden. I think I have now instead of one golden key, I think I have nine that we can just use for whatever characters. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I can use it for my solo character or we can use it for the Let's Play character as we get closer towards the end. So, I mean, Gearbox Software is one of those production companies that they love their games. They clearly love their games because they just they work on the DLC constantly. Like they start working on it like the next day. They release the game. Let's get working on the downloadable content. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this was just, I suppose, a couple of minutes to kind of gush about Gearbox and, Gearbox, and Borderlands. Woo. and Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Well, one and a half. One, you, yeah. one you know. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll get to two thumbs up depending on how good your next DLC is. Yeah. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to shell out and buy the Season Pass. Season Pass is twenty nine ninety nine, but it gives you all DLC present and future for free. Okay. So I think I just may end up shelling it rather than buying the game of the year edition again down the road. I'll yeah. probably just end up buying the buying the free pass. Sounds like the thing to do, sir. Exactly. Uh, and the other one of the other, I guess the other main thing that we I sort of wanted to touch on in the podcast. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit of politics. Woo! Oh yeah, politics. politics. Super exciting for the yeah. people. Uh, so yeah, you know, uh, talking a little bit about uh, a bill that's currently going through um, going through the uh, the parliament in in Canada. This is specific to Canada. Bills like a gas bills. bill. Yeah, it's it, it's a matter of fact, it's worse than a gas bill. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Bill C thirty, which, if you don't know, is the bill that's entitled "Protecting Children from Internet Predators Act." An act to enact the Investigating and Preventing Criminal Electronic Communications Act and to amend the Criminal Code and other acts. Fuck the Criminal Code. Fuck the Ted DiBiase. You know Um, all about tomorrow. (laughs) Fuck the tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, Iron Sheik. We love you. Um, So basically, what this is... Is well, actually, you know what? I got the Wikipedia article up right here. I will read to you exactly at least what the Wikipedia article says that Bill C30 is. Come on, C30 school is. teacher, teach exactly. them something. I'm ready to learn. <laughs> I'm ready to learn. 
The bill will would the bill would grant authorities new powers to monitor and track the digital activities of Canadians in real time, require service providers to log information about their customers and turn it over if requested, and make backdoor entrances mandatory, allowing remote access of individuals' electronic information, each without needing a warrant. Wow. Uh, so, you know, what, what I think this is, basically, is the right of, like, people like RCMP or police and things like that to basically monitor you without a warrant. As long as they have even, like, the tiniest suspicion that something might be going on. So, wait, 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 wait. Okay. They're protecting children from internet predators by checking their back doors. <laughs> did I did I get that right? <laughs> Is uh, uh, no? <laughs> Let it be known. No holds barred. The podcast that goes there. Um, something about children's back doors. Um, <laughs> wow, sir. <laughs> this. Uh, Yikes. <laughs> we'll just we'll just put it that way. Um in essence, yes. Okay. Yes, basically. Back on topic. You, you got it. Yeah, you got it right. Nailed sir. it to a T. Nailed it to a T. That's all nailed you need. It. You can get yeah, nailed it. Um yeah, you know, basically it's just like they title it protecting children from internet predators. But really, if they thought you were doing anything, mm. That was even moderately illegal. They can go to your service provider and say, I want the internet records or I want the text message records or I want the phone records of this person and they don't need a warrant for it. It's to me, it's just, it's horrendously slippery slope. It is. Um, and again, like mentioned here, the bill does not mention children or internet predators other than in its title. So they basically just renamed the title, because originally it was titled Lawful Access Act, which is more accurate to what it, it is. It is. Because it's like, we have the right to access all this information. Mm. But now it's like protecting children from internet predators. Who's going to vote no on a bill titled Protecting <laughs> Children from Internet Predators? Well, when your bill doesn't have anything to do with children or internet predators, yeah, it's okay to vote no on it. Uh, you know, it's... And again... Critics claim that authorities would likely use the powers to harass peaceful protesters and activists. And this is... That sounds more accurate. Exactly. Like, the possibility, at least, is there. And that's what I take the issue with. If... I mean, you know what? If you passed this act and it prevented something from 9-11, something like 9-11 happening in Toronto, Mm -hmm. awesome. But my problem is, if you pass this act and then you say, well, you know... We passed Bill C-30, and there's these people that are planning a protest in Calgary. Let's, let's just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna make sure that everything's on the level here, and we're gonna take all your telephone records and internet records. People have a right to privacy. It is, I believe, the first point in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Mm. If I, I, if it's not the first one, it's absolutely in there. It's up there. People have a right to free speech. People have the right to privacy. And I know it's the internet. And nothing on the internet and nothing electronic should really be considered private. Technically, I guess. Because it can be intercepted any mil- any millions of ways. Mm. 
But at the same time, when you're in good faith, simply living your life, using the internet for the means that you use it for, as long as you're not doing something criminally, yeah. law enforcement should not have the right to access this information. No, that's true. This infor- Unless there's beyond a reasonable doubt of suspicion. And this is kind of the same thing, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll sort of just briefly mention. Uh, it's almost the same thing as with this Lance Armstrong thing, where they've they took away all his Tour de France wins, and they want him to pay back all his prize money and everything like that because they think he doped. Mm. They have no accurate one hundred percent proof no. that yes, he doped. They don't have pictures of him injecting shit into his ass. Well, at least public pictures of that. <laughs> they don't have they. They, all they have in this entire case is hearsay. Yeah. And in the legal process, you have there's something called burden of proof. The burden of proof goes on the person that lays the charges. And part of that is suspicion beyond a reasonable doubt. You have to have legitimate, beyond reasonable doubt, reason to think something is going on in order to do these things. But what this bill would do is this bill says, well, you know, you don't need a warrant to do this stuff. So even if you have a little teensy-weensy bit of suspicion, Mr. Chief of Police in Toronto, that your wife might be fucking six black guys, yeah, you can can take all her phone (laughs) records and her internet records and everything like that. Mm. It's bullshit. I'm sorry. It's conservative bullshit from this majority government that, Somehow the people of this country were stupid enough to elect to try to do something like this. I know it was talking about so- it was talking about something completely different, but I look at this as like this is the anti-Trudeau Act. Remember Pierre Elliott Trudeau, mm-hmm. one of the best, probably one of the greatest prime ministers we've ever had in this country. Pierre Elliott Trudeau said, stated specifically, the government has no place in the bedrooms of the nation. What he was referring to was, it's not the government's place to tell you what who's the right person or who's the wrong person to be sleeping with. They were talking about gay rights and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the same thing sort of applies here. It's not the government's place to go in and look at, quote-unquote, private electronic records of citizens that have not done anything wrong just because there's the slightest moderate chance that they think something might be happening. Yeah. If they had that right, I'd have been put in jail a long fucking time ago Mm -hmm. because of some of the things that I've said on like Facebook. Yeah. Like political things that I've said on Facebook Uh, talking about, you know, this government is bullshit and here's why. And it's just like... A lot of people would be in trouble if... I mean, oh, exactly. Things like me showing support for Occupy Wall Street, me showing support for anti-government protests. It's like, well, he might be planning to blow up the Halifax legislature. We better get all his records. Fuck. Mm. (laughs) Like, you know, to me. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know if you guys heard the beep, but we did. Um, to me, it's just, again, it's it's conservative bullshit from this government that we were somehow stupid enough to elect. Mm. Uh, and I guess that, that's pretty well all that I had to say about it. It's just, the reason that I brought it up is, it is public news. It is being debated right now. If it's something that you're passionate about, if it's something that you don't want to see happen, 
get in touch with your MLA, get in touch with your member of parliament. Just say like, look, Bill C-30 is not something that I represent. It's not something that your constituents represent. We elected you in this system. Fight for us. We don't like this. You need to express that to our government that we do not like this. Express yourself. Express yourself. (laughs) All right, back to some fun-loving shit. Enough political... Enough political stuff from uh, a yes. guy from a guy that's an avowed uh, anarchist communist. Um, all right, so that's yeah, pretty much. We got Halloween coming Halloween's up. Coming up. Halloween's coming up here in a couple Ooh. of days. Um, are you dressing up? Probably. What are you going to dress up as? I don't know, but I need some candy. You need some candy. <laughs> I think you should just go around dressed up like you. It's like, hey. <laughs> don't you know? Don't you know my costume? I'm the name no one will use from YouTube. Give me candy. <laughs> I need one of those shirts. I make. I make videos, or I make mad YouTube money. <laughs> um, yeah, that that should be a line of shirts that we make. I make mad YouTube. Money. <laughs> you know how many people would fucking buy that? YouTube people would buy that. That would be huge. Um, <laughs> I, uh, originally I was going to go as sort of the domesticated psycho, because I have to work, right? Mm. So I'm thinking like, oh, fuck, well, whatever I wear, I'm still going to have to be wearing my work clothes. Yeah. I found a way around that. Have you? I have. I am going as Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I'm going to change the facial hair a little bit to make it look like his. Mm -hmm. I'm going to slick the hair back like he does. Because in the show, he wears collared shirts, which mm-hmm. is what I have to wear to work, and wears track pants. So I'm going to get to rock my track pants at work. Nice. Which is excellent. Um, and yeah, so I'm, just, I'm not going to be allowed to swear, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, I'll just have to curb that down a little bit. That's okay. I can still bleep myself. Yeah. So we're all we're all good there. Nice. So yeah, I'm going to end up going as Ricky from Trailer Park Boys, and uh, I'm going to take uh, duct tape and put it over the name on my name tag and write Ricky in a Sharpie. Mm. Nice. I, th- I, th- I think it's going to be great. Um, yeah. I'll have a costume myself. I'm just going to wing it. Just going to wing it? Fair moment. enough. Yeah. You can have that psycho mask now. I'm not going to use it. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's, I think, what we're gonna what I'm going to end up doing for Halloween. Like I say, I have to work, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully Halloween will be... On the thirty first, yeah, might be that's on true. the first of November. Might end up being on the first of November because, because of, of the this storm, because of all this weather stuff. It's going to be. Uh, ooh, pardon me, I had a little yawny, a little past my bedtime um, at three in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, well, because of all this, um, because of all the shitstorm with the weather, uh, literally. Um, yeah. yeah, they may end up having to move Halloween to November first, which I. Can't remember in recent memory that they've ever done that. Not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. But um, yeah, that it would be it would be kind of interesting because like I know most businesses and everything like November first comes around is like okay all the Halloween shit goes down, our Christmas stuff needs to go up. Mm-hmm. Although most businesses aren't waiting to put their Christmas stuff up, and that's kind of pissy. I don't I don't like it. I don't I don't think Christmas stuff should be up. No, I don't think Christmas stuff should be up prior to Labor Day. No, not that, Labor but Day. You but you have a fucking tree over there. Yeah, but it's not plugged in. It's so just... it makes it okay. Yes, <laughs> it's not plugged in, so it makes it okay. I passed this bill, so it's okay for me to look at your cell phone records. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your cell phone records would be scary stuff. There, <laughs> texting all those hooker transvestites and 
Well, I only do it for you. I appreciate it, sir. <laughs> I've had some good times. Uh, <laughs> this actually leads into a bit of a funny story. Um, Halloween-based. Uh, this was... Uh, when would this have been? This would have been, I think, my fourth year of university, so maybe 2007. Uh, I know we were we were all living in the Birch at Mount St. Vincent, and uh, we had Halloween decorating competition where you, you would decorate each townhouse. Oh, yes. Like that. So we decorated it all up as a haunted house, and we had a fucking smoke machine, which we had down in the lounge. We weren't allowed to have a smoke machine, but fuck it, it was Halloween. Mm-hmm. So we had this smoke machine... And the judges were coming around, so we turned the smoke machine on about an hour before they started coming around. So the whole fucking place was just filled with this haze, up to like the second and third floors. Like, it was hazy in the whole fucking building. Uh, I I had dressed up as uh, Jason Voorhees from the um, Jason movies. I guess they're just Mm. called Jason. Uh, Yeah, from the Jason movies. And uh, so I was dressed up, I had the fucking mask, and I had a cleaver that had fake blood all over it, and I was wearing my my light brown, like, long sort of trenchy coat jacket or whatever, and it was nice. shifted all to the side, so, like, one arm was almost totally <laughs> hidden, the other one was pulled way up. So what I did when the judges were coming was I just had to walk down this this hallway that led towards the main entrance. Not to say anything, just to sort of lurch along or something. And I kind of scared one of the judges when they came around the corner because I was just there. And I had my head tilted and I was just walking, <laughs> like looking right at them. So I kind of freaked her out. I walked by them without looking at them or anything like that. And I walked right up to a door and I had my, my face was right up to the door. And I wasn't moving. So I was just sort of standing there. And a couple of them, I was later told a couple of them like turned around and was like looking at me and shit. So I was like, all right, I think this is getting over. But I need a little something extra. So as I'm at the door, eventually I just raise my hand and just slam on the door. (laughs) Scared the ever-living piss out of the judges because I did it really, really hard. But the combination of doing that and the fog machine Mm. set the fire alarm off. Nice. So the fire alarm was going and going and going, going through the building. So everybody had to evacuate. (laughs) We had to shut the smoke machine off. The fucking fire department showed up because it wasn't planned. So the fire department shows up. Um... We won. <laughs> I don't think after that point, I don't think they couldn't not give it to us because, like, we went to the point that we had the authorities called and shit. So, I mean, we so we ended up winning at least. Well, that was that was a cool Halloween. That was a Halloween that like that was the first time I dressed up in years, right? Because Halloween was never a huge deal to me, mm. but like our whole birch dressed up, and it was it, it was really good. It was a fun time. So that was my that's my favorite Halloween story. Anyways, I thought it was appropriate for the fact that Halloween's in a couple of days. Nice, mm. nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I don't really have any good Halloween stories. No, no, no. Fair no. enough. Nothing. Uh, no getting drunk, running around the streets naked. Not on Halloween. Oh, well, not on Halloween. <laughs> that, that's pretty much a, uh, a monthly occurrence. But, mm. I mean. Yeah, I, I heard you last week. I was trying to get the camera out, but you were already gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can only be in so many places at one well, time. it's true. I mean, I, I have to get all the hot points. <laughs> the hot 
points. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, pretty much yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, well, kids, I think that's pretty well. We're running. Why are we running? We're a little over an oh, hour, which is shit. usually what we get. That's you know, usually what we get. And uh, again, the majority of that sort of talking about WWE. We're not a WWE themed or sponsored podcast. It just so happens that there's shit to talk about, so we talk about it. But yeah, shit has happened in between the last two weeks <laughs> that we've done this. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. All right, so I guess we're going to peace out. I think we're going to be recording a little bit of commentary for uh, gameplay. What's the name of the game? Full Throttle. Full Throttle. I think we're going to be recording. 2005 game. Ooh. Highest of the graphics. I'm telling you, the graphical, the graphical quality is just off the charts. Oh, yes. So I think that's what we're going to be doing. So we're going to peace out of this episode of the podcast. Do you have anything you want to say in closing? How do you like my balls in your face? How do you like my balls in your face? <laughs> Hopefully better than children in their back doors. Um, <laughs> so that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another nice. hour of us ramble on about wrestling and inane shit and nice. even a little bit of politics in there. Oh. We will see you guys next time, hopefully within the next hopefully, couple of weeks. Yeah, hopefully within the next week or two. Anyways, thank you for, I guess, watching and listening. Because yeah, watching slash watching a, like a freeze frame. Exactly. Of so whatever we, you find. Yeah, we got we got to find we got to find some funny pictures. Um, yeah. So thanks everybody for watching on YouTube, listening on Podomatic, listening um, on YouTube, listening on YouTube. Exactly. Um, subscribe to Nick's channel if you're watching this video. You're already on it. So while you're on it, subscribe to it. Uh, subscribe to my channel, YouTube.com/user/BridgewatersFinest. Follow us both on Twitter at Blockbuster underscore Guy and at RN Stevenson. On that there Twitter that thing. That there Twitter thing. Which I have to get back on. I haven't been on Twitter for like a couple months now. I, you, you, you were making fans, sir. I know. Peace out, everybody. Later.